Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ together today. And, and really, that's something that we celebrate uh, all the time as believers. But this time of year, on this day, it's the main focus of everything we do. We've been gearing towards this for weeks, um, preparing ourselves to be ready to celebrate the amazing thing that God did for us at the cross over 2,000 years ago. And so what I want to talk about today in our, in our brief time together is uh, I want to talk about the empty tomb and what that means to us today. I think uh, sometimes the, the real meaning of, a weekend, of this weekend um, might get a little misplaced with all the busyness that we put in it and, and uh, with all the other sort of um, symbols and things that have come in uh, along the way that we might lose focus maybe a little of what is really all about the death and the resurrection of Jesus and the empty tomb and, and so I want to get us all focused back in on that today but all the busyness reminded me of a little story I thought I would share with you about this guy who's, who's driving down the road, he's minding his own business, everything's going just fine when all of a sudden he he's actually sees the Easter Bunny hopping across the road and he, he just catches him out of the corner of his eye and he, he, he swerves to try and avoid him but unfortunately he actually hits he hits the bunny and um, uh, you know he, he slams on his brakes and baskets uh, the, the eggs have flown everywhere and, and uh, candy all over the place and the, the driver's a very sensitive guy and, and an animal lover and he pulls over to the side of the road and he gets out to see what's become of the, the bunny carrying the basket and uh, and much to his dismay and shock, the, the, the bunny's dead. And, and uh, the guy, he, he just he feels so guilty and he starts to cry. And, and there's, there's a woman who's driving down the same road and she, she sees this man crying there on the side of the road and she pulls over and she steps out and she says, well, you know, you know what's wrong? And the guy says, I, I just feel terrible. I, I accidentally killed the, the Easter bunny and I, I don't know what I should do. And, and the woman looks at the man and she said, don't worry. She knew exactly what to do. And she went to her car trunk and she pulled out a spray can and she walked over to the limp dead bunny and she sprayed the entire contents of the can onto the little furry animal. And miraculously, the, the Easter bunny came back to life. He jumped up and picked up all the spilled eggs and candy and he waved his paw at the two humans and he hopped down the road and he got down about 25 yards and he stops and he turns and he, he waves again and he hops on down the road and he stops and he waves and he keeps doing this same thing until he's eventually out of sight and the man was just astonished and he he says to the woman what what was it that you sprayed on the Easter bunny and the woman takes the can and she turns it around so he can read the label and on it it says hairspray restores life to dead hair adds permanent wave Let's take up the offering and go, shall we? <laughs> Let's not. Let's get to why we're here. Let's talk about the resurrection of Jesus and the empty tomb. Matthew 28, 1 through 15, our scripture reading says this. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. 
Then quickly, go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Then there you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. And they they came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day day and blessed be the word of the Lord Um, there are many proofs of the resurrection the bodily resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ but it's the empty tomb that is the most conclusive of all Jesus had been buried the tomb had been sealed it was guarded by a watch of Roman soldiers yet on the third day of his burial on the morning of the first day of the week the body was no longer there. And the empty tomb of Jesus Christ stands as a proof that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. There's other proofs. I mean, there's, uh, he appeared to his disciples uh, 10 times or more. Uh, he, uh, there was this tremendous change in his disciples. Something happened that, that changed them from people that were hiding and afraid to those willing to go out and, and to spread this good news, uh, even to the point of, of death in their own lives. Uh, how Christianity indeed took off from there and spread and flourished throughout the world for 2,000 years. But it's the empty tomb that's the foundation for everything else that's happened in in the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about his impact on the world and on us today in a moment. But but I, I thought it would be helpful to just think about what was going on and the impact it had right at that moment. First point in your notes. Let's talk about the impact on the soldiers. Now, in Matthew 27, um, there was a watch of soldiers there, which... Um, what we understand would probably have been consisting of four Roman soldiers. And um, they had been designated by Pilate to guard the tomb after Jesus' body had been buried there by Nicodemus and Joseph. And a, and a big stone had been rolled into place um, with the body of Jesus inside. The guards took position there for this three-day period. There was four of them. Most likely what had happened was three would stand guard while one slept and they would shift through like that. Always three on guard, always one sleeping. Um, There's no way that all four of them would have fallen asleep um, and and they would have been an impressive force to have been reckoned with. They they just didn't get messed with. Roman soldiers standing guard. None of the disciples who were afraid for their lives certainly would have tried to sneak in and and, uh, take his body from the tomb. Neither would have anyone else because of the Roman soldiers that were standing there. But I'm pretty sure that as impressive as the Roman soldiers were They weren't prepared for what happened. I love those verses in in Matthew 28 where an angel of the Lord comes from heaven and and goes to the tomb and rolls back the stone and it says that the soldiers were so scared that they didn't know what to do. They just kind of fell backwards. They couldn't move. They were so frightened because I I imagine that would be fairly frightening, you know, uh, if you were just kind of hanging out guarding the tomb and 
you know, there was something going on. They probably had in the back of their minds because, you know, at the cross, it was a centurion that rolled out, surely this was the Son of God when, when everything went black and things started to fall and rip and quake. Something was going on and the guard just, just trembled. They couldn't move. Um, they became like dead men, the scripture says. And as soon as they could recover, they, they ran off from there. And they decided, some of them at least, to tell the priests, the established religious community, the ones who had sent him to the cross, what had happened. And so uh, I want to talk about the impact on the priests. Because um, when, when the, the priests and the Pharisees heard the report of what had happened, they, they could tell that these guys weren't making up a story, that, that there was really something going on. And, uh, and they, uh, they told him, hey, a mighty angel came and, and opened, the, opened the tomb and we took off running. And uh, um, I have this thought that at this point, these guys understand, they, they'd always kind of in the back of their mind looked at what Jesus had done and they had an idea that God was involved, but they didn't like the package because it was uh, not what they'd expected Messiah to look like. And they just thought they could do away with the whole thing by, by having him put to death. But, but now he's actually defeated death. And risen again. But you know, doesn't it fascinating? They didn't even go and check the tomb. They, I think they figured out what had happened. But then they thought, we've got to quiet this thing down. Because we, if we can shut it down now, maybe we can just you know, keep going on with what we're doing. And, and so they said to the guards, listen, we'll just pay you off. Don't say anything to anybody. And they, they would, if it got out, they were saying, Pilate would be, you know, his guard. Had let some, they're going to say they'd let somebody stole the body. Um, that they'd probably get killed. He said, we'll fix it with Pilate too. Meaning they probably were going to pay off Pilate. Um, to let all this happen. But, uh, but it fascinates me that their hearts were so hardened that much like Pharaoh of old, who saw God at work, still wouldn't let the people of Israel go. Um, sometimes we get so hard-hearted that even though we're, we're, we've got a pretty good idea that God's in the midst, um, we still say no. And, and that happens to a lot of people even today. Third point is the impact on the women who were there. Um, other than the soldiers, um, they were the first ones to learn about the empty tomb. These, these faithful women who had watched Joseph and Nicodemus bury him there um, uh, on that uh, evening, uh, two evenings before. Luke 23, 55 and 56. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. And then they went home and prepared spices and perfume, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. They'd seen what happened, but they had to wait for this process until they could move on. And so um, from our scripture reading today, we saw that these faithful women were, were privileged to see the tomb was empty before any of the disciples did. And in fact, when they had hurried back to tell the disciples, most of them did not believe what the women told them. And then there was an impact on the disciples. That's point number four, an impact on the disciples. Um, most of them just dismissed what the women told them about the empty tomb, but not Peter and John. They hopped up and they start running to the tomb. And, and uh, John's going to get there first, John 23 and 4. So Peter and the other disciples started running for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple, that's John, outran, outran, Peter, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. But he's, he's so sort of stirred up. He doesn't go in. It's Peter who goes in. And there's this great poem that was written a long time ago. It's called John the Beloved. 
And, and I love this poem, and I thought it would share it with you today, about these guys running. Think, just try and think, as we look at this, about what they must have been thinking. They'd seen Jesus, uh, who, who they'd been with, who'd done all these miracles, and then suddenly he was gone. And, and, um, and now they're not sure what's happening. What is it the women are talking about? What's going on? What's happened with Jesus? And this is John's perspective. I run with Simon Peter to the tomb. Feel as a dream the racing wind go by, the muttered doubts, the chilling blight of gloom. And still there rings within my ears a cry, born of a whisper that the women made. The place is empty where our Lord was laid. Was not his death upon a cross enough? The the gaping crowds that waited on the crest, the sneering, mocking soldiers and their rough and hooting blasphemy, can he not rest? Can he not sleep? Forget the world of men? What mean these strange and idle tales then? My feet have outrun Simon. Here before the sepulcher I stand on blessed earth that holds the kingdom and the king and more the promises of our Messiah's birth. O heart that labors, if I could but place my head upon his bosom and see his face. Now Simon's shadow darkens all the tomb. He enters weeping. I I can share his tears to find the linens lying in the room. As they were wrapped, will put away my fears. Stoop, burdened shoulders. I must look and prove, bow down my soul in grief before his love. My eyes run rivers down they cannot see. My sandals move beyond the arch of stone, but lo, the master is is not. Can it be? We stand within the sepulcher alone. Or do I dream, or am I one gone mad with fancies like the whispering women had? He is not here, and yet the linens line the place he lay, as though they hold him fast. He is not here. What miracle What sign is this that tells of death and terror past? Look up, my soul, and faith take root and grow. My Lord and Savior lives. I know. I know. John got it. He he knew what had happened. Jesus had defeated death, and he had risen. It's going to take a while for that message to sink in on everybody else. But John, it just all sort of to click for him that Jesus had risen. What's his impact on us and the world today? Point number five is the tomb of Jesus is empty. The tombs of Muhammad and Buddha and Confucius and Marx and every other religious founder and philosophical genius still hold and will hold the remains of their occupants until they go back to the dust. But not that of the Lord Jesus Christ. His body was only there for three days. And then having been resurrected and glorified and immortalized, he appeared to his disciples, showing himself to be alive uh, numerous times um, for 40 days, speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And then he ascended back to heaven and sits at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for us. Each one of us should never forget that the empty tomb has proven beyond any doubt that Christ rose from the dead after suffering and dying for our sins and for the sins of the world. His resurrection resurrection proves that he is God of all creation, 
For only God can conquer death. And that proves that all his promises are true and will be fulfilled when he comes again. And there's one great promise that I want to share with you this evening. It's from Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. I want to talk about that more in a minute, but I want to, I want to do a song with you. And uh, this is a little different, but you're going to hopefully help me sing this song about our Creator, God, and uh, what He means to us. And hopefully this time my guitar is going to work. We'll see here in a second. You getting any signal from me at all? No signal. I haven't moved it. Let me look with my glasses. Nope. Good call, Kim. You see? You're going to get signal now. It had moved from channel 4 to channel 5. Thank you so much. Yay. Okay. So, I got to use a capo because I'm not very good at guitar. So I have to cheat chords all the time. So I'm going to do that. And I'm going to move this. And, uh, some of you will have heard this song, but the words ought to pop up there in a minute for you as we sing it. And I hope you'll sing it with me. It doesn't sound like it's in tune. Water you turned into wine You opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you And into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise no one like you None like you Sing with me guys Our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Into the darkness. Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you 
is none like you Cause our God, cause our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God, yeah Our God, our God Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God, our God, sing to the Lord. Here we go. Our God is great. God. 
you are awesome, God. You are awesome, God. Would you just sit down for one minute and I just want to take this moment on Easter, Resurrection Day, celebration of Jesus and, and our God who created everything and then defeated death. Our God is amazing. He's awesome. He's all these things we've been singing about. And I just want to take a moment to make sure on this day that everybody's had a chance to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to know the importance of it, to be reconnected to God. See, the problem is all of us have sinned. We've all gotten hard-hearted, just like the established religious community of the day. We've, we've, we've shut down to a lot of things, and, and because we've all sinned, we're we're separated from God sometimes we think you know maybe if I'm just a good person that'll be enough if I do more good than bad that'll be enough but our sin has separated us from a holy God and we can't get back but God made a way in Jesus he came to us lived a perfect sinless life walked among us never sinned and then at the time of his choosing he went to the cross and there he gave his perfect sinless life as a sacrifice for us. He died there. They buried him. He defeated death. And he rose again. And his perfect sin paid for, covered all the mess we've ever done or ever will do. And all we have to do is accept that gift into our lives. This, the song that we sang said, you know, what could stand against us? The only thing that can ever stand against us is us choosing not to, being hard-hearted and saying, but Jesus came for you. He came for you. And if you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity tonight before you go. And it's really, it's just humility and faith. In humility, it just says, God, I'm, I'm, I'm broken. I'm a sinner like everybody else here. There's nobody here that's not. Would you forgive me? And he will. And then in faith, just inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life. And, and I want to give you a chance to do that today. I'm not going to embarrass anyone or have anybody get out of their seat or anything, but in just a second, I'm going to have everybody bow their heads and close their eyes. And if you would pray a simple prayer with me, I'm going to have you slip your hand in the air. It'll just be a decision between you and God and me, so I know that I'm praying with you, but that's all it'll be. It's humility and faith. So would you all just, just for a second, just, just for a few moments, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're here and, and you get what Jesus has done for you and you know that you've just sort of been a little hard-hearted and you're, you're, you've been distant and, and you know that this is what you need and what you want in your life to be in relationship now and forever with God with all heads bowed and eyes closed would you just slip your hand in the air for me and say, you know what? I want to know Jesus. Amen. I see hands all over. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, you can put your hands down. And I'm just going to pray with you a simple prayer. And listen, um, we, we do family things here. I'd like everybody to just repeat this prayer after me so that nobody feels alone. Just a simple prayer like this. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You don't need to pray after me anymore. Let me just pray for you. Lord, I pray for each person 
who just prayed that prayer with you and asked you into their heart and life, Lord, that they would know how much you love them. Holy Spirit, that you would fill them now and that you would refresh and renew all of us in this moment. And and would you know that you touched off a party in heaven? The angels rejoice when one comes and we had way more than that. And that the, the Lord rejoices over you, the angels rejoice, and that the Father has been chasing you, pursuing you with his love your entire life. And he's so happy that you've, you've, you've said yes to him. He's a great God. We're going to sing one more song before we, we change over into our extended worship, but let's sing this song together to the Lord. Tonight, would you know that God loves you? He loves you. There's nothing you could ever do to make him love you more. And there's nothing you have ever done to make him love you less. His love is chasing after you. Feet are always in motion, taking me to anywhere but where you want me at. And I try to keep things constantly moving, hoping for a faster way than what you're doing. But your love is chasing after me, chasing after me. There's nowhere I could ever hide Cause you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me And I don't know what I've been running from Yeah, yeah, yeah What I've been running from You seem to always know what I'm thinking no wonder why I feel so tired from my escaping But I see it's all a matter of choosing But I've learned without your love All this time Let's sing these words Cause your love is chasing after me Chasing after me There's nowhere I could ever hide you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me And I don't know why I've been running yet Cause you, you never let me down You're there when I turn around Point this to try and run away And I know there's nothing I could do I know there's nothing left to prove this love Will never ever fade. Oh, 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 oh. Sing this out. You love, your love is chasing after me. Chasing after me. 
There's nowhere I could ever hide Cause you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me And I don't know what I've been running from Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me Nowhere I could ever hide Cause you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me And I don't know what I've been running from Alright, I think we can have just a little bit more fun with the song tonight Last year when we were on tour in Germany We were doing this song in a service And there was about five 20-year-old girls who were sitting in the front row and spontaneously they stood up as we were doing this song and they started doing actions to this song that I had never seen before and I don't know where they came up with them because it's my own song and so tonight we wanted to teach you these actions so you remember how much God loves you long after you leave this place tonight so stand with us we're gonna teach you it goes like this your love is chasing after me chasing after me there's nowhere I could ever hide Cause you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me And I don't know why I... One more time Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me There's nowhere I could ever hide Cause you keep coming Your love is chasing after me Chasing after me, and I don't know what I've been running from. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you for being here. We're gonna we're gonna take a, and move into our extended worship. We'd love for you to stay, but if you got to go, that's cool. But uh, let's take up our offering. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to transition to that. Papa, thank you for an opportunity to present to you your tithe, our gift, our offering. We pray, God, you would use it to your glory. For that's why it's given. We come as cheerful givers, returning to you a portion of all that you've given us. We love you so much, Lord. So the offering boxes are up front. Why don't you present your tithe, your gift, or offering to the Lord. We'll take five minutes to greet one another.